Welcome to Queer in the Time of COVID, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that's pecking our heads about the pandemic and everything we're doing to get through this little patch of whatever it is that we now call life. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. Oh, Olivia. <laughs> do you think we'll ever be able to do the normal intro again? <laughs> well, given that um, we can now meet six feet apart in a park, maybe we can record the podcast al fresco one evening oh my god yeah bring it to you from beneath the stars <laughs> i mean why not i mean the sound will be atrocious but at least maybe if we oh, i was gonna say we could take a tent but then no it wouldn't work either no we wouldn't be able to get a tent unless it was a huge tent where we could sit six feet apart in it yeah with like two different pods on either end yeah we could just live somewhere together in a tent. <laughs> You're <Look>. suggesting. <laughs> we have we have to get creative at yeah, times like true. this. But um, at least we can meet in a park. So maybe we'll meet in a bar. He'll drive a funky car. <laughs> a girl can dream. How are you? Um. Yeah. I, I am okay. It was absolutely glorious yesterday um i had several comments that i looked like i was in the french riviera on my zoom tour on my zoom call yesterday um because it was just so glorious and i worked all day outside which was very very nice did you was it not too hot because it was so hot yesterday i find it too hot to work outside no because you know where our guard you know if you go into our garden and then there's like that deck where that pergola is oh yeah that bit's all shaded and then the bit oh, of the okay. garden is like in the sun so that bit's fine because you're close to the Wi-Fi and um, it's shaded so that you can like see your laptop and stuff. So yeah. it is actually feasible to work outside from there, which is Sounds nice. Sounds perfect. Perfection. How wonderful yeah. for you. <laughs> um, so that was, that was jolly. Um, other than that, I mean, what have I been doing? Absolutely nothing. What have you been doing? uh yeah a whole lot of nothing um yeah yesterday was scorching I like decided to sit on the balcony till Izzy and Adam finished work so we could like go somewhere for a walk and um I like about melted into the balcony it was so hot I was like I, I couldn't move because I was like I'm too hot to move but I need to go inside because I'm too hot <laughs> I was like it's so I feel like I've melted I'm, I am the balcony now um yeah it was nice though it was very it felt very uh holiday and we did have a stunning like really long holiday chat on one of our group chats where we all like basically pretended to be on virtual holiday mainly that taking chat, <laughs> that chat is the only like that that really boosted my morale the Same. chat the, the chat started because i shared a meme that was something along the lines of i want to have that feeling when i'm in the crisp aisle in an international supermarket with someone i love yeah and we all were like no the international supermarket our favorite thing <laughs> and then we just went off on one and initially i was i was like really sad it made me really sad like when you first sent that meme and i was like oh but then we just really brought the chat alive and then it proper like put a pep in my step when we uh went through all the things we would do on holiday together which was really cute apart from the fact that we like can't do it yet but we really did paint that picture in a really gorgeous way like <laughs> like that 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 moment where you all just decide to go your separate ways to have your little shower or have your little lie down before you then bit. down for your aperitif. Oh, absolutely cool. I love that bit so much. <laughs> yeah, that is the best bit when the night is still young. You have yes. all the night ahead of you. 
ahead of you. You put on a gorgeous, put on a gorgeous summer dress. Yes. Slowly people are appearing in the communal space. Someone's put on like the tunes, which are like not the big bangers, but you get in there. Um, mm. the drinks are being poured everyone as everyone enters they all get a massive compliment about how they look and how yes. stunning they are on holiday and uh, <laughs> the tan lines where they've been tan that day where they haven't yeah. been tan that day oh <laughs> uh, and it's funny because like I haven't even really been on that specific holiday or that many of those kind of like friend holidays but I need that now more than anything and like, yeah. I still very much could picture it and could do that in my head. Go there. I think it was 50% the idea of a holiday, but like you say, the other 50% really specific to just hanging out with friends, not even doing anything that special, but just yeah. like pottering around together and just having a nice time. Yeah. That is like what is the most lacking thing in our in our lives right now. Um, but you know, it's it's fine and we will we'll get there one day. Yes. So whilst we are waiting to get there, what have you been living and longing for? Well, this week, Lucy, I am absolutely living for our Lord and Saviour, Carly Rae Jepsen's new dedicated Side B <laughs> album. We are not worthy. How, how have we been bestowed such a gift in this uh, lady quarantine? Oh my God, you're absolutely hot off the press. That was just this very day have been released. Um, yeah. yeah, I um, actually, you know, this is like going to be a huge surprise to you and actually to me, but I haven't actually listened to it yet. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah, I've been doing, I've been doing um, some other bits today, so to try and catch up before the pod, which I didn't even do anyway, which I'll get to later, but um, <laughs> I haven't actually listened yet, but I intend to tomorrow go full on in. I've listened to a couple of bits of tracks, you know, where people put it on their stories and stuff like that. Sounds great. Always love a B-side from Carly. Is it great? As great as I anticipate. Well, I haven't, I don't think I've listened to every single song um, because death by Zoom calls for a lot of the day. But as soon as um, I had like any gaps in between, I was like playing them (laughs) feverishly. Um, One of them is my track of the week. So I'll talk about that when we get to it. But um, yeah, I think that it's fab. And I believe that it's all been sort of written and produced, obviously, under lockdown conditions which is just even more impressive from Carly absolutely love you so much um so that is what I am living for and I have to say I know that we're going to be later than a lot of other people who've done this but we bizarrely have very busy lockdown schedules and this weekend we are doing our Eurovision party socially distanced obviously and I can't tell you it's going to be like your birthday in the sense of like to have something in the evening to look forward to like an event is you know just really special to me right now and my boss did one on the weekend that it was supposed to go out last weekend and he's given me a lot of like hints and tips for like how they approached it so I can share those with you yes 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 um because we need to make sure that we have all of our Eurovision ducks in a row obviously and I think in the day if the weather's not that good I'm gonna finish my painting my bathroom so I'm gonna go to my flat in which case I'll be bringing back several ball gowns to wear yeah um, but not changes. I mean I have no ball gowns but maybe just something a bit nicer than a pajama top which is what I'm wearing now um, and <laughs> but if not you'll be getting this pajama top so it's gonna be all <laughs> or nothing it's you're not gonna know what to expect <laughs> either way stunning and very Eurovision I can imagine both ways um yeah. Yeah, I am very much looking forward to that as well. I think it will be really uh, fun and funny. And um, 
yeah, I actually was going to ask you, like, we need to think about how we're going to run this, run this town. So we'll uh, yeah. have a conference, have a separate conference about that. But I'm very, very much looking forward to it, listening to all the absolute bangers. And um, yeah, just with lots of nice familiar faces on Zoom. Gorgeous. And um, what are you living and longing for this week? So I am living for, um, on Twitter, I don't know if you saw this or heard about it, but um, Elon Musk tweeted, take the red pill, obviously a Matrix reference, um, to which Ivanka Trump sort of quote retweeted, taken, to which absolute hun and complete badass Lily Wachowski off of Made the Matrix with her sister (laughs) tweeted, fuck both of you. And I just thought it was perfect. I loved it so much. It's made me laugh loads. Every now and then I can just look at it again and it makes me laugh. And I just think it's great. And uh, I just really like when there's really like some really good public Twitter beef that's really funny. Um, and yeah, I was living. Yeah, I, I, I've been um, researching, as I told you just before this call, um, some quiz questions for my a friend who I work with 30th and I'm doing a basic bitch quiz and um, one of the questions was about um, so Nick if you're listening to this close your ears because this isn't happening until Friday but um, (laughs) one of the questions um, was about when Kim Kardashian loses her diamond earring in the ocean in um, the Dominican Republic and um, Courtney says Kim there's people that are dying you know when she's like crying about it whatever and um, when I was researching that to like make sure I got the quote right and stuff um, there was loads and loads of like um, people tweeting like ridiculous things and like that is the response and it's very funny and one of them was like her complaining um to like some kind of like chicken restaurant and being like send me a message immediately and get one of your supervisors to sort this out and then everyone's just replying back being like him there's people are dying and it's just great just love the internet sometimes that was such an internet moment i remember that when i saw that in your quiz i was like oh yeah that's well funny and then yeah i think people still it's one of those ones that like still every now and then does like the rounds or you see it every now and then on things and uh yeah the the internet can can bring joy sometimes (laughs) that's the the takeaway um so that is what i'm living for so long long live many more hilarious subtweets to people uh well it's not a subtweet really but um and i am longing for so this morning i woke up and went on instagram and um uh brian fallon off of gaslight anthem top hun of what my life um and big fan of that band he has been doing like every wednesday like a thing where he like chats to another musician they play some songs and like talk to each other about the creative process and what's going on and blah 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 and um, this week he had Laura Jane Grace on off of Against Me, oh, who obviously brilliant. is another huge top part of my life. Um, and uh, it, and I thought like, cause usually those kind of things I find like a bit boring and like I don't actually really get into in, like listening to them. And I just like end up not really, or like skipping through and then being like, oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> but this one was so nice and they have like such a genuine warmth of like a friendship that was really cute. It was like listening to a great podcast. They did a hilarious. I was say, is, is this a podcast or what? What it's medium? It's like an uh, uh, IGTV, you know, like a like an Instagram live. Then you can like watch back, basically. Yeah. So, um, and uh, it's just super cute. And they like did this hilarious bit where they were, like taking down, you know, the film Elizabeth Town. Yes. Yeah, which is like a 
proper like really shit indie romance film um and they were just this whole bit about those kind of films which i thought was which was really entertaining but anyway it made me remember that i have um never read laura jane grace's book tranny which is you know her like um sort of uh memoiry come life story book book. i know i've never read it and and i and i was like I want to read that now. And I think I thought about like, why have I not read that? Cause like, I'm a huge fan of hers, like huge. Um, and I think it's one of those things where like, I didn't want to read it because I didn't, what if like I, you end up like not liking the person or something, or you did something you don't like in it. I don't it's read. A good all book. It's a good book. Yeah. It's I don't read book. anything like that about people I like. Cause like, I don't, I always, for some reason don't want to, like I want, to just believe in the person in the way that I think they are. But that's not always the best way to approach things, I don't think. Mm. So um, I am longing to read that book. Well, if I do go back to the flat at the weekend, I'll get it and then bring it back for you for when we socially distance. Yeah, I forgot that you, I thought you might have it. So I was going to ask you if, uh, yeah, I could borrow it off you. That'd be great. Yeah. That is what I'm longing for. A nice read into the stunning life of... uh, uh, one of our main hunts, Laura Jane Grace. <laughs> I'll um I'll send you a video of the books on the shelf, and you can <laughs> make some selections from the library. Oh, that'd be great. I'll do the same. <laughs> okay, great. And <laughs> <laughs> um, are you reading anything at the moment? Yes. Yeah, so I'm reading um a book at the moment called Weep Not Child, which is about the like Mau Mau um uprising in Kenya, which sort of happened like post uh, World War Two. Um, and it's about like a sort of family that live uh in kenya and about like their sort of time through the uprising i'm only like uh, a bit through but it's very very good it's lovely it's got like really great that thing i really like which is just like some short bits of dialogue and then some really long like descriptions of uh scenery and like what's going on similar to um on earth we're briefly gorgeous in that way um not yeah. as poetic, but similar in format in that way. But um, yeah, no, so I'm really enjoying that. So that's why I'm reading. Are you reading anything? I just finished Little Fires Everywhere by Celesting. Oh, yeah. um, and that was good. I, I, I've been wanting to read it for a while just because I've seen it so much. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a good read. Um, very sort of like easy to get through. Very sort of compelling. Doesn't take you that long to kind of power through it. And it has been adapted by Reese Witherspoon's production company for a limited series, which um, launched in the US, I believe last year, but is launching on Amazon Prime here tomorrow. So it will have already launched by the time this goes out. And it stars Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington as like the two main women in, in the series. So it was kind of interesting because I knew that was happening that's how I imagined that's who I imagined as the characters when I was reading the book yeah. which doesn't normally happen um but that's fine yeah that's and, it's, it's always odd yeah. when it's that way around I remember I read call me by your name after having watched it and couldn't not picture them as Timothy and and army so oh, okay. <laughs> yeah I mean that is no bad thing but it was fine yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I tried to watch that, that TV show. I haven't read Little Fires Everywhere, but I read her other book, um, Everything I Never Told You. Um, I've got that here to read um, next, although I am, I've started another book. Is that good? I would say it's very similar to how you described Little Fires Everywhere. It's incredibly easy to read, uh, compelling, 
I would not say not particularly groundbreaking or stays with you very much, but is a good book. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll probably read that soon, but I've just started another book, um, which is called The Most Fun We Ever Had. Okay. I don't know that. It that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So my mum had read that and then has given um, that to me to read. And it's kind of um, sort of a sliding doorsy, very sort of family um, focused book about these four sisters who are grown up and their parent and about um, how one of them had given up a child for adoption and how kind of the family dynamics sort of unravels when they... um, when she meets her son again after 14 or 15 years um and how that sort of like has a ripple effect and everything but i'm still kind of early doors on that but yeah it's it's kind of the only good thing really about lockdown i mean from my very lucky position is that i'm reading a little bit more than i was yeah which is quite nice yeah yeah definitely yeah 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 i i I agree that's like definitely a, a positive to take from this yeah Right, to circle back to Little Fires, that was um, directed by Lynn Shelton. And I don't know if you've heard about this this week, but she um, was a famous director who did a lot of um, films and sort of like, sort of like comedies and um, things like that. And she was in her early 50s and she tragically died um this week yes she's mark Mark maron's girlfriend yeah she was mark maron's girlfriend of um she died of a rare blood disorder that just wasn't um diagnosed wasn't diagnosed and i i'm no i'm sure a lot of people do and i've mentioned it on this podcast before but i listen to his podcast a lot yeah Um, he did a podcast where so basically on on his podcast if anybody passes away they um take the episode with that person from behind the payroll the paywall and re-release it right and talk around the person and just a way to sort of like honor that person's life and he did that with lynn shelton you know merely days after she died and listening to him talk about it before he introduced that episode which was the first time they met was one of the most emotional things I've ever listened to and yeah it was just so so sad and you know you you could really just hear his heart just breaking and it was just really 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 sad Um, I've got like goosebumps from you just telling me that (laughs) yeah that, that's that's really that must have been re- very difficult incredibly difficult yeah and he was saying you know I don't know whether this is the right thing to do or not or whether I should be doing this or not but I felt like it was and you know hearing him talk through the very sort of early raw stages of grief it felt like a privilege to be able to sort of listen to that and sort right. of be a small part of that um if that helps him in some way to put that out there and then you know he he sort of compels you to then listen to the episode and to enjoy it because it's a good episode and you know it's that's what they want it to be they want it to be something to be enjoyed and you can literally so so the, the backstory the backstory to that meeting was that he was um 
in a relationship with another person. She was married to another person and they met for the first time in 2015 and it was for this podcast. Wow. And and he was nervous to meet her because he knew she had some kind of affiliation or friendship with his ex partner and was a bit nervous to approach her but was just compelled to by all the work that he'd admired and various things and then finally sort of made it happen and what you end up listening to is just listening to people fall in love like wow just right just right then and there like you can just feel it um between the two of them and I think knowing obviously that she'd passed away and all the sort of context around it was just incredibly, incredibly moving. And after they'd recorded that, you know, five years ago, he then just made it his mission to be with her and to do what he needed to do to make that happen. And he just said that, you know, he has absolutely no regrets and that she was like the love of his life and that's it. Um, And yeah, you know, I just thought it was such an emotional and powerful thing to listen to, both from his point of view in the present and going back to listen to those moments that you don't normally have recorded in that way. Yeah, no, definitely. Like it will be, you know, incredibly upsetting for him in future to listen to that, but it also bring him some sort of like solace and also like to have that recorded and, and to be able to hear like when he, as they fell in love would be actually really nice for him as he goes forward. Like that. Yeah. Very powerful. I'm I'm intrigued. I I would definitely recommend it. Like you can just hear him being like completely bowled over by everything that she's saying. And like, (laughs) you can just, you can just feel it. So yeah, I would definitely recommend that. It's, um, I think the second to last most recent podcast um, that it, that has been released on his uh, channel. Yeah. Anything else that you've been listening to? Um, actually, yeah, I did. Uh, for once, I have a, a podcast recommendation. Woo! <laughs> um, so it's 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 a podcast I've already talked about before, but they did a very, uh, I thought episode that people would be interested in listening to so it's fanti that that podcast i talked about which is about like being a fan of something but also being like a bit anti them um and they did an episode about rupaul um oh that's the perfect person yes so you know because there's a lot of reasons to be a big fan of rupaul and there's a lot of reasons to maybe not be a fan of rupaul so um they (laughs) they go into you know like is rupaul transphobic is rupaul a fracker all of these things um and then they also talk about all the, the great things rupaul has done um and it's it's a really good episode if you want to sort of like if you sort of have been you know, you sort of know that there's some controversy around RuPaul. You don't really know the ins and outs of it, but you kind of have heard murmurs of that. It's a great like exploration of it um, and a way to get across on what that, all of that is about. Um, and these two guys are just like so funny as well. And they just like have such a great chemistry that it's a really, really fun podcast to listen to anyway. So I totally recommend that episode. Did it help you to kind of form an opinion around RuPaul one way or another? Uh, I'm not sure it, if it did. <laughs> and I think that's just because I think there, there is like, it is such a sort of fine balance between like, and also like the, the things, i.e. the fracking 
uh, and the potential transphobia are not like you know concrete things about RuPaul. Has he ever addressed the fracking other than mentioning it in that Fresh Air podcast? No, I don't think so. I think he's completely like just left it to like go underground as it well as it were. <laughs> I must, have, I must have said that because we're talking about fracking. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I don't think he has. But uh, I think it's pretty evident. I, well, I think it's a case of one of those things where like you're stupid rich and you've got like um, accountants who like tell you you should do these things that will help you to make more money and you might not even really know that much about it. But then, but then, but then also like maybe you should, you should know if your land is being used to be fracked. <laughs> And you should yeah. know about fracking. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the jury's still out on RuPaul for me. Um, you know, I I think there's some dubious bits, but also I will keep watching Drag Race because I'm now a fan. So. You are now a fan. You've made such a metamorphosis into... You're watching all like the, the side pieces as well. <laughs> get enough! No, I can get enough. I don't watch... What's that thing called? Untucked. No, I don't watch that. No, either. so I'm not. I'm not a full on fan, but I am. Uh, I do enjoy. Uh, I have very much enjoyed this season of RuPaul, which now is like finished up to the point of what they had filmed, right? Well, it's the reunion app next week. So is that is that filmed in the past? Um, I believe so. Yeah. The only thing that will be filmed in the present will be the finale, which is like a socially distanced. Zoom they're, doing like finale. A, they're doing like a virtual one yeah which is like such a shame because honestly since the beginning when it was like really janky to the latter years because obviously remember last year when we had that chippy and you watched the finale yeah. with me <laughs> having never watched RuPaul yeah and there is like a lot of pomp and circumstance yes it's around. insane <laughs> yeah a lot of like YouTube celebrities a lot of just yeah glamour and glitz and glitter and I'll be sad to not enjoy that especially yeah. because when they do all the lip syncs and stuff they save all the like amazing reveals and fireworks and yeah. 5,000 like wig reveals yeah. for that finale and so I'm just wondering how they're gonna get that across yeah because all, all of them will have been like planning for that moment and all the things they were going to bring to the finale for so long it is quite sad for you know for them to be denied that in a sense that they can't have that experience of it um yeah but yeah. you know it is it is what it is <laughs> who who are you backing for the win uh, uh, uh my uh top now is jada i love oh, okay jada. Yeah, yeah i think she's got proper like great story she deserves it she's super like funny but also pure i really like her i like all of them though to be fair um there's not one i did there's not one that i'd be like oh no apart from um, like yeah no what about you i like all of them i feel like they offer something each quite different yeah so there will be three very different winners which i kind of like um because then you're not just kind of di directly comparing um and it's not like it has to be this sort of identical whatever fits into the mold of who the winner should be sort of yeah, thing. It's like, it's quite ob objective, which I quite enjoy. And I'm just like really living for the fact that Crystal has made it this far. Um, whether or not she will win or should win is kind of not really the point for me. I just really enjoy that her 
purity and um, the fact that she's never had to compromise on her way of doing drag or the way that she perceives drag sort of creatively. She's never really had to um, change that to um, further herself in the competition, um, which I really liked. Because at the beginning I thought, oh, like maybe she's just not going to fit in enough for it to to translate um but it seems like it has and that's i think really something that's really nice about this series it feels a little bit more um inclusive of different ways of approaching drag as an art form right yeah okay yeah no i yeah i I agree i think i really love crystal i think she's great and i really like that she's there um but the only thing about crystal is that and this is like got nothing to do with like she is great talent and everything, but her like face, like her general way of doing makeup always reminds me of the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland, which is something from my past that used to really spook me out. So every time I'm like, I see her, I'm like, oh God. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't like it anymore. Um, (laughs) But she's great. Deserves every every praise. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with, with any of them. I mean, the only thing I guess about Gigi is that I think that Gigi doesn't like need the win. Yeah, that is, that's my opinion as well. I think she doesn't need it the most. And also it's, it, she's like the most obvious as it were one to win it. Yeah. That it's like, therefore in that classic way, a bit boring, you know, you love, you've got to love an underdog. So yeah. But then I feel tight. Cause like, she's been consistently like excellent. Yeah. Why shouldn't she win? Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, I love that she reminds me of, like, the main one from Showgirls, loads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, happy with anyone to win. and very intrigued to see how they do it. So that'll be interesting. So aside from all the queens doing their things, have you been watching anything else this week? Um, I've watched and completed a couple of Netflix series. You've completed them. <laughs> I've completed them, all the bonus levels. Okay. And they are both um, gay rights. Oh. So we have Dead to Me series two, which right. is Right, yes. And Hollywood, which is yes. gay rights. Very gay rights. Absolutely. Um, have, have you watched any of those? Um, I don't watch, have not watched Dead to Me. Um, is it called that? Yeah, Dead to Me. But I have seen Twitter explode over the gay rights of Dead to Me. Um, yes. So <laughs> I get a lot of, you know, my gay rights things I don't watch, but they suddenly become gay rights by, via Twitter. And that's like yeah. enough for me, <laughs> what I need of the things. So yeah. So, um, and then Hollywood is the thing that I was, my homework I was trying to finish before we started <laughs> this episode. I have watched all but the last episode of Hollywood. No! I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was so, which is why when I, when I texted you saying, oh God, I didn't realize what time it was. I didn't have enough time to finish the last episode. I was like, damn it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about it, but I don't want you to talk about the ending. <laughs> okay. Um, or we can wait and talk about it next week. <laughs> no, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, initially, Hollywood, so Hollywood, talking about Hollywood. Initially, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, it's slow at the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, it was a bit slow. And also, sometimes I get like really, <sighs> I really like like Americana and stuff like that. But sometimes the like absolute razzle dazzle of like fake Hollywood like puts me off. Um, okay. and I, and I get a bit like, oh no, I don't, I can't like watch this. It's too like, 
and it's all <laughs> too many spirit fingers for you yeah but then i got really into it and then i was like yeah da, da, da. and then i really liked yeah. it you have you have to get over this like weird hump yes, in the first definitely. two episodes and absolutely stellar performance by patty lapone oh she's an absolute icon stunning she's so good she's so good obviously in general but in this she's amazing um i love that her character name is avis because it just makes you think of like car rentals so. yes yeah yeah <laughs> every time uh, i'm like avis <laughs> um uh, yes and i think that the messaging behind it and the way that the characters are developed um is really really interesting and kind of books a lot of stereotypes and trends of kind of how movies and series are constructed for drama yes um so for example like um the the daughter like avis's daughter yeah. who is meant to be sort of like the blonde hollywood starlet and she's sort of set up in the beginning to be the sort of regina george of the piece yeah kind of bratty but- yeah but very quickly you see that there's a lot more to her character than that and actually like she's a very kind person she is kind of um in a particular situation with her family and um just wants to sort of be um loved and respected by her mum and that kind of resolves itself as as it goes on and um she doesn't she she sees the bigger picture of things like rather than like always just thinking about herself and is able to be um quite quite selfless and quite um self-aware in ways that we don't normally see the character like that presented yeah definitely I I thought it was interesting that they they began by making you think she was going to be like that and then they were like no she's not going to be like that here you go she's actually this xyz and and that i think that's a really good way of doing that and um yeah i really uh, appreciate that like for her character definitely i i thought it's quite interesting like there's a lot about sort of the um like the sort of like exploitation around like some of the the male actors especially by um what's his name henry the like agent who is played brilliantly by Jim Oh, Pop- yeah, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah he, he does such yeah. a good job, though. Um, and, like, though, like, like he wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> Just not a Big Bang, bang fan, so. Uh, but the, the sort of, like, the exploring how, you know, he sort of uh, manipulates these male actors into coming under his wing because he promises them you know the dreams and the 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 heights of hollywood but you know for at a price um and how uh it's interesting to see like the these like you know what what out, outwardly like strong male characters like seen as quite vulnerable um and like you know having to uh, be exploited in order to to follow their dreams um i thought that was done quite well as well yeah and i liked how he sort of has this redemption narrative towards the end and um how we don't just see him as this sort of evil victim who then goes on to victimize yeah you know a, a lot of the characters are a lot more sort of nuanced than that one thing that i found strange though reviews wise is a lot of the reviews have been um discussing uh the whole sort of portrayal of race and sexuality in the context of hollywood and sort of exploring how how real or not real that would have been or could have been but i just don't see that as the point no of hollywood 
it's not the point is it and I, I think people if you do a sort of like what people would see as like a historical period piece or whatever people are very hung up on it being is this realistic is it not but like doesn't necessarily need to be uh, if you're if that's not the like story you're telling or you know what I mean um, but, but also to me the the point of it is that that wasn't what happened in real life unfortunately and yes. you know a lot of actors of of color were not um celebrated and given awards and you know in, included yeah and a lot of you know gay actors and actresses were in the closet and you know it wasn't it wasn't sort of possible to do what is explored in Hollywood well obviously it would have been possible but like it didn't happen in history in the way that it's portrayed in Hollywood but the whole point is showing you what could have happened if people had taken risks and people had been brave and people had sort of banded together and stood up to the kind of systematic patriarchy that was running Hollywood at the time and to me that was what the point of it was to say actually if a few of these things had been different look what could have happened look what this sort of immense amount of good could have come out of it look what ripple effect it could have had and so much earlier so to me it's not about whether it was realistic or not it's just saying what happens when people decide to take action and it's not like a historically accurate portrayal no it's a what if story and I think I felt like if I remember correctly like in the run-up before it was released I remember seeing like you know a few articles with Ryan Murphy and like Janet Mock about how like that is the point of it like the, the you know they wanted to explore uh like an like a ulterior history of hollywood like and yeah no you're right they're totally right that is the whole point of it and they do it very very nicely i think but i mean i haven't seen the last episode so i don't know what happens but <laughs> but i uh, i like it a lot i think it's really good and i and like i got really into it really into the characters and you know want the best for them and stuff in so much so much so was i like you know emotionally invested in it that at the end of so spoiler 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 at the end of the second to last episode which i've just watched when the uh, like lawyers come in and then actually like burn the film i was like i audibly gasped because i was like yeah. so upset like about it so it does a really good job of like reeling you in and getting you uh you know invested in the storyline and the characters um and yeah i highly recommend it and I, I hope they make more of it they probably will so yeah yeah i think that they will i loved as well that they didn't shy away from depicting real characters you know like noel coward and people who really existed yes. at that time and noel Cow- coward played by a uh, billy boyd who is pippin in lord of the rings <laughs> Oh, I've never seen Lord of the Rings, so I don't know about Oh, that. yeah, no I, no, I know you have. <laughs> I forget that you haven't seen uh, Lord of the Rings at all. But I was, like, watching it, and I was like, who is that? I was like, you know when you're like, I know who that is, but I couldn't figure it out. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's motherfucking Billy Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, and obviously, like, Rock Hudson is a real person, and he's one of the main characters. Yeah. Um, so it's it's an interesting, um, it's, it's, it's quite, it's, a big job to like take on actually depicting real people um and deciding what to do with that and um i think it's, it's done very nicely and for me um the absolute shout out has to go to the character of ernie west who owns the gentleman's um gas station gas station yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> he is such a hard. I love him. Yeah. He's played um, by. He's, what's his name? And he was, Dylan McDermott. He's played by. It. Yeah. No. He's he's a great character. Um, I worry what's going to happen to him though because he coughs a bit too much. <laughs> um, he does, but I can't. Oh, I don't, I want to say something, but I don't know where you're up to. Ah. I can't remember it. <laughs> um, but, um, I'll tell you what. The most recent thing that's happened with him uh, is that he's he's like in the film. Uh, I don't know anything about his health, so I don't know. We don't know any specifics around his health. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's that's fine. Okay, yeah, you you can go, go. But do you know like who he's like with? No. Okay, you're gonna love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess. I guess for me, the only thing about um, Dead to Me Too. Hmm. Hmm. For me, it didn't it didn't hold my attention in the same way as the first series did. Okay. I thought it, it was a bit silly because when you start bringing in identical twins, oh right, device, you know that it's getting a bit like <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> yeah. And to me. <laughs> that 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 is a bit dallas and yeah it's a little bit sort of fantastical and you're on a bit of a hamster wheel of like the same kind of thing going on and on and on and the real saving grace is the gay rights uh, but as it, ever. Did have, it did have a gaspy ending as did Ooh. the previous series so i think they'll probably make a third and i'll probably watch it yeah there's there, there are some shows like that where you just you're in it you're in it now olivia you're just gonna have to watch it till the end <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's and I did I did like and appreciate that Judy's character um has always been married to or dating men and she ends up obviously dating this woman in the series and it's never discussed as like a storyline, you know. Uh, okay, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like like sexuality isn't it's just sort of accepted and yeah. I like it when that happens. Definitely, so I appreciate yeah. that. Also, I know that you've read this as well, but um, doing the rounds in the past week has been Sally Rooney's prologue to the play, or shall we say the chapter before Normal People. Um, So basically she wrote this short story called At the Clinic, which has now been published. And it is kind of, it kind of depicts this scene between Marianne and Connell that obviously isn't in the main book but was the sort of foundations on which she built normal people yeah. so i think for people who are recent fans of the book and of the series if you want to sort of feel like you're getting extra content that is a great thing to go and read and there are a few little differences but mainly you feel like you could be reading another chapter in normal people absolutely yeah it's very you know tonally exactly the same um a few sort of differences but not really anything enough to be like what is this um yeah and i thought it was in, i saw that she said that like she wrote that and then she was like oh, i didn't want to like let these characters go so i just like worked backwards from there and i was like oh yeah that's a, i like that it's an interesting way to look at it um so yeah definitely if you if you're if you're yearning hankering for some more normal people content got you covered it's on the white review so I wanted to ask you a question. Um, I was sent this article by a friend. It is an article in The Guardian and I wasn't aware of this being 
a thing that was kind of in um, pop culture discourse at all. So okay. I was reading it kind of fresh, but it kind of raised um, a wider question and I wanted to ask for your opinion on it. Oh God. So, <laughs> so basically, I just can't see you because I'm going to read it. Yeah. Um, so basically... It was in The Guardian and it's called Bad Bunny. Does a straight man deserve to be called a queer icon? Despite Ricky Martin's generous praise and the ensuing social media attention, not everyone is convinced of his newfound status. So basically, the article talks about the Puerto Rican rapper Bad Bunny. Right. And the singer, Ricky Martin, who obviously everyone knows, came out as gay about 10 years ago, told um, the magazine... Um, in sorry, in the latest issue of Rolling Stone, told the magazine that Bad Bunny had become an icon for the Latin queer community. Okay. But Bad Bunny doesn't actually identify as queer himself. Yeah. So people have been saying that it's not right to call somebody a queer icon who isn't actually queer. And I wondered what you thought about that. Well, I think there are like you know, hundreds of icons who are considered queer icons who are not, who don't explicitly identify as queer or who explicitly identify as straight or otherwise. I mean, you know, like all, all you, you know, like Celine, like um, Ariana, like, you know, there's loads. Like, um, I think it's, you know, because the, the wording queer icon, in, as I understand it, are people who are iconic to the queer community, not people in the queer community who are iconic. There's them as well, obviously, but there's like two different kind of things, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't, I think it's um, totally fine if somebody speaks to the queer community in, in a way and, you know, we want to uplift them as iconic, then what's, what should stop us? I don't know. I completely agree. And that is basically verbatim my response as well um <laughs> that i that i sent to our friend who sent the article um yeah it was kate your friend as well um <laughs> and yeah i i found it kind of a bizarre non-story in a sense because i felt that you know there is a difference between a queer icon and an icon who is queer yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah a queer icon and an iconic queer <laughs> And obviously you can be both. Yeah. But you don't have to be both. No. And um, yeah, you know, what What do we say about Cher, Celine, Jane McDonald? You know, people like that who, um, to the latest reports, yeah. I, don't, I don't think are queer. No. Um, and it just seems bizarre that we have to sort of categorise in that way. Um, yeah. So I didn't really understand that yeah it's it seems a bit like they were stretching the idea of what they can write about but also there's like this thing about is there a conversation to be had about can you can someone be a queer icon who's not like um someone who has maybe outwardly been negative about the queer community they probably wouldn't be a queer icon do they have to be somebody who's explicitly su- said, like, supports the queer community, etc.? I don't yeah. know. Um, I, but guess, they- I guess a, a, a little thing to add that I was thinking of would be if 
a, prob a problem could arise if there were kind of a public figure who was um, profiteering off of queer culture, yes. but actually not doing anything to give back to it yes. or actively damaging it in some way, yes. then that would obviously be yeah, definitely. a big like, problem. Yeah, like we don't want lip service to, uh, you know, the queers or we don't want like just, yeah, pure profiteering. But it tends to be that it goes hand in hand that like somebody who's a queer icon is somebody who appreciates and recognizes their um, icon status within the, like, with the queer community, you know, like. Um, oh my God, Kate's calling me. <laughs> she can hear us. <laughs> she just wants to have her two piece. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kate, we can't answer right now. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, like, for example, this week, just this week on a um, video call between uh, Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson. Kate Blanchett um, said she sort of she said I, she said I'm a lesbian, but that's because she was like reading out yeah. like a um, you know like a comment. But then they were like, oh hi yeah. gays, love you gays. It's like that thing of recognizing and being like, yeah, love the community, love that you all love me. That happens a lot, you know. Like it, you know, and, and if you quickly are a queer icon and then you say some bad shit about the queers, then they're going to drop you as an icon. You know, we, we know what we're doing, basically. Yeah, I feel like we know what we're doing. Yeah. And <laughs> to me, it's sort of as simple as that, in, yes. a, in a sense. Yeah, um, trust us, we know what we're doing. <laughs> and that is the moral of the story, and also of this podcast. Absolutely. And um, speaking of Gaga and various queer icons, what is your track of the week this week, Lucy? Oh, wow. Well, funny, we should just be talking about queer icons because mine comes from queer icon herself, Charlie XCX. Oh, lovely. Who um, has released a new album called How I'm Feeling Now, um, which was completely conceptualized and uh, recorded in quarantine, which um, I think you can kind of tell when you listen to it. <laughs> like, it's, it's very much... Uh, uh, it speaks for a lot of us, I think, in uh, the way that it's about uh, longing for things, being like, what's going on? Loads of stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> but um, the, I think the first track she released off it, uh, Forever, is my track of the week because I think it's a proper bop and I really like it and you should listen to it. Gorgeous. And what is your track of the week? My track of the week is from the Carly Rae Jepsen new album and it's called Comeback and it is in collaboration with Bleachers. Oh yeah. Who are great. And <laughs> it's that classic sort of Bleachers collab where they make everything sound like it's underwater in a really great way. Oh, you know I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, here for an underwater tune anytime. <laughs> you, will, you will really enjoy it because it's very oh, that. It's very mm -hmm. that of um so yeah come back and just that's it yeah <laughs> two great queer albums that have been out this week also actually another queer album that came out uh is perfume genius's new album if you want to do some crying so that i would also like to shout out so from queer icons that we absolutely agree with um and are allowed to decide who they are to things that we are not quite so sure about it's time for i don't agree with it olivia what do you not agree with this week well, this week lucy to be quite honest with you i don't <laughs> agree with 
my neck, my back. <laughs> Just those two. <laughs> because oh no. I, yeah, I know. So I um woke up this morning and I was just like could not move my neck. <gasps> and it's been really, really hurting all day. And I think it's because I slept on like six pillows. Yeah. Um, no. Um, a bit by accident. And I've just really like messed things up. Oh no, and I hate that. It's been really hot today, but I've had like a hot water bottle on my neck. Like, oh all- no. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too and- hot for that. I know. And I've been having like Zoom meetings with my like managers and stuff with like, like a big like... <laughs> thing coming out of my back with the hot water bottle on and then I went out into the garden at lunchtime to like soak up some sun and I was absolutely baking and then I had this hot water bottle on my neck um <laughs> and it still it still really hurts but like not as bad as uh this morning but I very much don't agree with it cause it's been very annoying all day yeah yeah about you yeah no that is not nice I hate like uh when you get like a crick in your neck or whatever uh, interestingly on um on a similar note not my I don't agree with it but well I mean I guess it could be I the other night could not get to sleep because I all that kept going around around in my head was like am I using the best kind of pillow for me because <laughs> mm. I use I use an incredibly flat pillow right like a pancake I always say it's like a pancake um I don't like height and I was like is this no, just because it's an old pillow huh say again is that just because it's an old pillow or just what you like? It's very old, but it's what I like. Okay. <laughs> um, and like, I just, I, I couldn't, I have like bad neck and back pain. I have shoulder pain like I have for a very long time. Um, and I was like, am I, am I, just, and I, over and over my head, I almost, I, I almost Googled it. I went to Google, what is the best pillow for an adult? And then I was like, stop it, go to sleep. Maybe so, you should get like a memory, a memory foam one. I hate them. <laughs> I've never had anything memory foam. I find it weird. Like, yeah. I don't get, I don't get a memory foam mattress. Like, why would you want to like sink into something in the exact shape of your body? No. Like, that's not- I hate that. I like a really firm mattress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I... 30? Turns 31. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I also don't agree with when your neck, uh, and your back are hurting. It's not a nice time. Um, but my actually I don't agree with that I had prepared is it's very petty, but um, I don't agree with when you have kept a book pristine for the whole time you read it and it's a very stunning book. And then literally the moment you finish it, you go to put it on like your bedside table, let's say, and it falls off and then you get a rip in the cover, <laughs> which happened to me with this, a stunning looking book, which now has a rip in the cover oh no and i just don't agree with when like and this happens quite often i feel like is that, with, wait is, is that flights no it's the other one by the same author oh yeah it is drive your plow over the bones of the dead can recommend very good quite bleak though um and a lot of it takes place in the bleak midwinter and is like not particularly of this time and might be quite like depressing but um is good but I just feel like it happens quite often where you have something that's like perfect and fine and it's always going really well. And then you just like think it's over. And you don't need that thing anymore or whatever. And then it breaks or it smashes or it gets a rip in it. And I just don't agree with it <laughs> at all. Like, it's like, I've been, I was trying so hard to be gentle with it, 
for the whole time because I'm not I'm not wild about like keeping books really like um insanely kept and stuff I, I don't care about like bends in it in the spine and stuff like that but this one is one that I like to like have on display because it looks nice yeah um and then I just had finished it and literally like well and this, this is I'm saying more about me I basically don't agree with myself I tossed it aside like a like I didn't care which is my own fault obviously and it cavalier just, attitude yes and it just fell off the bedside table and just got this fucking rip in it and I couldn't believe it do you ever think sometimes like I don't know whether this is just a thing that I do or a thing that other people do as well yeah but do you ever like buy something or just like acquire something in your life and do you ever have like <laughs> do you ever have like this thought where you're like you and I as in like yourself and the object like <laughs> we're not long for this world together. Like you're not going to be around for a long time. And I don't know why I have this feeling, but I know that eventually at some point I will lose you or you will not come with me on my journey of life. Interesting. I feel like I have, I do sort of have that about things. I feel like I more have the opposite version where I'm like, Oh, I've bought, this print or whatever and I'm like it's weird to me like so for example Joanna the big painting I have in my living room um which, sourced by me yes sourced by you and a friend um literally off the streets of Sheffield um, no, no no friend it was just me and you it was you and Sophie <laughs> oh yeah yeah it was yeah it was me and Sophie um, but at least I've done the opposite thing where I always think that Oh no, I've done the exact same thing. Always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've done the exact yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I was there like one second later when you came home with it. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we should show Joanna on the Instagram. Oh, uh, we should. In fact, I've just weirdly got tagged in an Instagram story where which Izzy has done a picture of Joanna. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, I, like that big picture of Joanna I have, I feel like I have the feeling of, it is weird to me that you are going to be with me for the rest of my life. Oh yeah, I mean, that feeling I would absolutely have. have that same feeling about Joanna because Joanna yeah. is not going anywhere. Never. <laughs> all I want to know, all I want to know, the, the only thing I think that could give me peace is finding out the backstory behind Joanna told you about how like one of my daydreams regular daydreams is that eventually i will make a documentary where i find the the true owner of joanna oh my god can i just like come along for the ride of that because oh, i'm so <laughs> oh like i really want to see i really want to know and i think it would be a great film but i also don't want to know because what if they want it back <laughs> like they can't have no, her back she's it's, it's our intellectual property <laughs> um no, that that has got to happen. That's got yeah. to happen. It'd be great, wouldn't it? I feel like we'd so, be able to find out. We haven't actually explained, so... Yes, sorry. Jo so, me and our friend Sophie were getting the bus back to your house. Were we still at uni? Or I can't remember. No, what it was we Dreamhouse, so it was post-uni. Oh, right, so basically uni, but a bit after uni. Mm. And we got the bus back there, and sort of around the side of your road was this massive absolutely massive canvas Huge. with a naked woman painted in like various colors primary colors um, primary colors yeah um with her like like sort of sat on a bed with her back to the like 
with her back to you basically yes a bit turning around and her body is ginormous and her head is very small and yes. she is the most iconic being that has ever been seen and we immediately just like looked around us there was no one around and without saying a word to each other just picked it up and took it into the house where she has been loved and adored ever since and named joanna well you say loved and adored maybe not by all because when it came to moving out of dream house which i lived in with sophie and our other friend alex i was like who's gonna take joanna they didn't bloody care and i was like well i'll fucking have her then i thought i was gonna have to fight for her i didn't have to (laughs) So, and I have had, I have loved and adored her ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously they love her as well, but they were, they did not care when it came to who was going to have custody of Joanna. <laughs> but I think I, I'm the right, as, as the mother of that household, it was only right that I was the mother of Joanna. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it had to be the maternal figure that <laughs> took custody. <laughs> um, yeah. She is stunning. We'll put her on uh, the Instagram. Absolutely. I love her so much. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> tangent but like that is such a good idea for a documentary like oh, right? I'm it'd be really good wouldn't it it'd be yeah really good. maybe no one else will be interested but for our satisfaction that would just be so good i feel like it could say it would be great for us but it could also say a lot about um gcse art and the people of sheffield <laughs> and it and it could be kind of like a comment on how things that meaningless to some can kind of like take on new identity depending on like loads of different factors like sort of sliding door moment that like lets something into your life which otherwise you wouldn't have had yeah and about like um like possession of things and you know uh yeah taking looking after things yeah i think it'd be really good (laughs) and about like the value or not value of art depending on that yes Oh, great. Okay, can't wait. Can't wait to make the, the dog. I'm glad you're on the team. <laughs> oh my God, can't wait to pick up that palm door. <laughs> I have to put it with all our gafters. So speaking of queer icons, what has our girl been up to this week, Lucy? Because it's time for... Celine Watch! So Lucy, what has Celine Dion been up to this week? Tell us everything. Well, obviously... Everyone's on lockdown, as is Celine. But, and I know you've seen this, she did release a stunning little video of her in the studio bopping along to her track, Nobody's Watching, which, you know, has so much meaning these days. Um, Mm. And she's there, stunning little outfit, lots of pastels, doing some absolute bopping. My favourite bit is when she uh, pretends to play the bass. So good. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was listening to it, and the lyrics are um what was it i want to i want to sit like nobody's listening i want to talk like nobody cares i want to party like a believer i want to wear whatever i wear but i heard uh i want to talk like nobody cares and then i heard i want i want a body like unilever (laughs) (laughs) and i was like what (laughs) a what could that possibly mean b why is she doing some weird ad for unilever (laughs) wants a body like a domestos bottle <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a nice <laughs> Carex model. Um yeah, so um that's what Celine's been up to, you know. She's just keeping releasing little um little bits of joy for her fans, which is really all that we can do in this time is tick over. Tick tock, tick over, tick off the boxes. Am I right? So it's about time for us to tick off all the boxes, which include 
asking you to get in touch um, if you want to. <laughs> Obviously, you don't have to. But we do love, 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 love to hear it and see it. And we have had some messages recently which have completely melted our hearts into absolute hush. Uh. Um, and we love it the most. And it means a lot. So thank you very much. And you can do that by following us on Instagram and Twitter at Queer Longing. You can email us, queerlonging at gmail.com. We keep a beady eye on that gmail i assure you <laughs> um and whilst uh we wait and hope that you are all well we will be loving you leaving you and longing for you until next time bye, bye. if it sounds bad just don't put it in yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no one comments on it anyway <laughs> What am I breaking my back for making iconic stones? No! <laughs> God's sake! <laughs>